Mom had no shortage of suitors growing up. And I don't want to paint her out to be something she wasn't. Because she was in a committed relationship for seven years and then again until the day that she died. But one particular suitor, Richard was his name, he came around for probably six months to a year. And I owe him a lot because he's the guy that taught me about working deals, negotiating, and putting it on a contract. You see, Richard won the lottery. Not a ton of money. This was in the early 90s, so we're not talking about the Powerball or the Mega Millions. Just a couple million from the Florida lottery. I think he shared the jackpot with a few other winners. Anyways, if you've ever met a lottery winner, something about their minds just gets triggered, and they have to have, they have to buy. And in Richard's case, he had to share. Bought himself a new car, nothing fancy, a Saturn, back when those were new and fresh. Bought his son a Jeep, got himself a condo, maybe another house for another family member. He bought everything you've ever seen on TV. Vacuum sealer, had it. Juicer, had it. Magic thaw, had it. That's amazing, by the way. We'll talk about it. Is it Miracle Thaw now? I don't know, but you should get one. In any event... Late one night, Richard, who in addition to being a lottery winner, was also a bit of an alcoholic, was throwing some back with mom one night when we started chatting about my grades. I told him I'd never gotten straight A's before and I didn't think it was possible. And that's when he made the wager. He bet me a new car that I couldn't get straight A's. And at that point, I liked to be challenged. I said, well, a new car... Let's talk about this. And we worked out all the details. It was to be a 1994 Dodge Stratus. Is that right? No, I take that back. That's a crappy car. Well, all Dodges are really crappy cars. They make nice trucks. Anyways, a Dodge Stealth. So we went to paper, wrote it all up, signed it. In hindsight, he probably would have taken me to court and said, I was drunk. This contract is unenforceable. But nonetheless... We got it on paper. I had a deal that if I got straight A's throughout the entirety of my ninth grade year, this man would buy me a Dodge Stealth. Well, you know what? Ever the salesman, I got the deal done, <laughs> but it's the fulfillment department's job to get those grades. Sadly, I think I got a C or two in French nonetheless. Thanks, Monsieur Lettman. That's why I switched over to Spanish. In any event, I learned to go hard and fast to paper to work out all the details ahead of time. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> Footnote, he ended up going broke a couple years later. Let's talk about how to not go broke. Let's also talk about what a wonderful day Wednesday is. Who started calling it hump day? Hey, everybody, thanks for joining me. You won the lottery because you're here joshing around. The New York Times ran a story on Sunday about fake followers on social media, and many people in the public eye were caught up in this story. The list went from A to Z, Black Alicious, the Atlanta Braves' Brandon Phillips, Michael Dell, the computer founder, he probably uses a Mac now, right? Ray Lewis was on there, DJ Snake, even Lori Grenier from Shark Tank. So for those reasons, I'm out on believing that you have a ton of followers. The company people were buying them from to view me, were selling high quality followers for about two cents each, but then they'd sell a whole bunch of low grade bots for under a penny. What the New York Times found is that bot detection on an individual basis can be very tricky, but when bots are examined as a group, distinct patterns emerged, and that's how they were busting people. So they found out that on one particular day, in one particular year, 
15,000 people started following someone and most of those accounts had just been created. Let me tell you, don't get an investigative journalist mad at you because they will dig some dirt. The same can be said of humans. As individuals, we're completely unique and truly unpredictable. But as a group, we can be manipulated just like cattle. We can be just as predictable as a herd, you heard. That's why statistics is so amazing. I took a graduate-level statistics class in college, and those nerds proved to me that a thousand people really can predict anything within 3.5% accuracy. Hi, Jos. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and thank you for your show. It's great. Um, yes, I have no problem to, to do this. Uh, where do you live? Maybe in the USA. I'm in the UK now. So for me now is half past six in the morning. I go to work now. Probably in the afternoon we can arrange something. Yeah, it can be great to to do cross cross uh, content in the in the shows. So yes, why not? I hope you have a good day and see you later. Alligator. Our first bilingual show was a big hit. We're currently circulating around the English-Spanish-speaking world. That was Christian. He's a new fan, loves the show. He's going to call in later when he gets to his next stop, and he's going to let us know what Cuando Blaneo Mudarse really means. So there's no real secret why Wednesday is called Hump Day. We're just trying to bridge the gap from Monday to Friday, and Wednesday's right there in the middle. Like George Clinton said, you got to get over the hump. Pah! I like all the pahs and the hups in funk music. It really adds a lot of emphasis. It's like the secret star of the I Have a Dream speech. Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. And then that woman says, well. <laughs> I'd like to hear an oral history of the woman that said, well. That said, Wednesday itself doesn't have a great history. It just comes from the old English Wodeness Day, meaning Day of Woden, going back to an Anglo-Saxon religion that we don't practice anymore. But if you speak any of the Romance languages, you might know it as Miercoles, named after Mercury. Very interesting, in Hindu mythology, Buddha is the god of Mercury, midweek Wednesday, and of merchants and merchandise. According to Thai solar calendars, the color associated with Wednesday is green. Now, closer to home, in folk rhyme, they say Wednesday's child is full of woe. Oh, gotta get over that hump, Wednesday's child. That's actually why Wednesday from the Adams family is named as such, because she is a child of woe. Oh, woe, look at all the things we're learning today. Let's keep it going. Peter McHugh here. Here's a bit of a hump day story for you. It's my freshman year of high school. I'm in my psychology class. And through what I can only assume is the luck of the Irish, I get paired up for this project with three very attractive girls, right? So what's the problem? They walk over to the table, we get going, and I go, it's hump day, ladies. And one of the girls gives me the biggest stink face. I think I've ever gotten to this day. And I'm thinking, what I do? And all of a sudden I go, no, 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 that, that's not, that, that's not what I meant, I promise. But there was no saving it. 
Anyway, everybody have a great day. Be well. Sometimes it's fun to involve the children in water cooler talk. I asked my daughter today, hey, got any plans for the Super Bowl? And she turned back and said, I'm going to celebrate getting my dad back. Whoa, that got real fast. My dad's been playing the Florida Lottery since its inception. Every week, well now twice a week, for the past 30 years, he's been playing the same numbers. And I sure hope he wins. Not really for the money, but just so my legacy isn't playing his numbers every week for the rest of my life. Right? Because lest I see them come up as a winner and he haunts me from beyond the grave, I certainly don't need that. So I'll play 3, 9, 16. Whoa, wait a second. I almost gave you all the numbers, which would cut into my estate in the future. So I'm not going to do that, but I will tell you. He came up with those first three numbers because when the lottery came out in 1988, I was nine. My birthday, third month of the year, 16th day of the month. That's right. For the Lord so loved the world, he gave you joshing around 316. Isn't that great? Yeah. As for the lottery, I've encouraged him over the years to not play, right? If you don't play, you can't win. But you win if you don't play because you'll save a dollar or two. Well, he finally took me up on that advice. And instead of playing the extra 10 bucks a week, he saved it. He broke into his piggy bank the other day and he had more than $600. Look at that, Dad. You won. So are you currently a real estate agent or is that something that you did like a long time ago? Because if you're currently a real estate agent, maybe you can help me. Now, I know that we're not in the same area, so I wouldn't be likely that I would hire you, but I do have some questions that you might be able to answer for me. I am a real estate agent. In fact, I'm an active, aggressive agent that networks with other agents around the country. So no matter where you are, I can help you find a real estate agent and you can get moving. In fact, they'll pay me a referral fee because Anchor's such a great, positive place. I'll split the referral fee with you because, of course, as a principal, as the owner of your home, the Department of Justice says you're entitled to a piece of that real estate commission. So let's share the wealth. I can help you with any questions you might have. I'm not just here for joshing around. I have real knowledge and skill, but I do like joshing around as well. Being a real estate agent, that's why I was wondering how to say, when do you plan on moving in Spanish? I still need to know. Let's check out this call for more information. Hola Josh, de Joshing Around, eh, muchas gracias de nuevo por contar conmigo en tu show, en tu podcast. Eh, como me decías, quieres compartir con los oyentes, eh, ¿cuándo decido mudarme? Eh, that actually means uh, when I decide to move, or moving, probably. Eh, basically... Uh, you use this when you uh, change your location, your uh, house, or um, your um, address. Not when you try to to change the place. In this case, you can say uh, something like, uh, "Cuando decido irme?" When I decide to live. Um, Yes, Christian, thank you so much for calling. So when I call people on the phone, I want to ask them, when do you plan on moving? So I've been saying, cuando planeo mudarse? Is that right? What else could I say? Hola, Josh, de Joshing Around. Eh, muchas gracias de nuevo por contar conmigo en tu show, 
en tu podcast. Eh, como me decías, quieres compartir con los oyentes eh, cuando decido mudarme. Eh, that actually means uh, when I decide to move or moving, probably. Uh, basically, uh, you use this when you uh, change your location, your uh, house, or um, your um, address. Not when you try to to change the place. In this case, you can say uh, something like, uh, "Cuando decido irme," when I decide to leave. Um, Hey, Josh, it's Sheena Diane from the WAHM Radio. I am your work-at-home mom, Sheena Diane. Um, I wanted to chime in here because I have been married to Gator Johnny, who also has a station here on Anchor called The Gator Pit. Um, we've been married for 13 years, or been together for 13 years, and he his first language is Spanish. And um, I don't know a lick of Spanish. Yeah, I've been with him for 13 years, and I still don't know Spanish. Um, he refuses to teach it to me because he doesn't want me to speak to his mom because she doesn't speak any English. Isn't that interesting? But anyway, maybe he will be nice enough to let you know what you're saying. So if you're not following Gator Johnny, check him out over on his Gator Pit, the Gator Pit on Anchor. Um, he's actually always in the top 100 stations, so you definitely should follow him. Humble brag right at the end there. I like that. That's a very good wife. I appreciate your call, Sheena. And I could use Gator Johnny calling in for a second opinion on what I'm saying. Of course I follow the Gator Pit. His profile pic is him kissing a gator. How do you not hit the star on that? I certainly want to be sure that I'm saying the right thing. Also wondering, can we teach my in-laws Spanish so I don't have to talk to them as much? I'm just kidding. I love my in-laws. The outlaws, but the in-laws. My mother-in-law, she has a catchphrase. She'll tell you like the worst news, some Debbie Downer news. Did you hear about that train? that it, it killed about nine people, and it ran into another car full of puppies, and all the puppies died, and even a box of kittens. But anyways, they got a sale on fryers down at the Piggly Wiggly. She's a deer. Deeper southern accent than I gave her credit for there. A better alternative to a lottery is something called a prize-linked savings account, or a PLSA, also called a lottery-linked deposit account. And the way this works is all of the depositors put their money in just like you would buy a ticket at the convenience store, but that money doesn't go to the state or some school system. It goes instead to your personal savings account. Now, the winnings, because there's a winner each and every week, come from the grouped interest paid on all of those accounts. They do this around the world. The biggest program here in the United States is in Michigan, where they have what they call a no-loss lottery. 56% of the people involved in this savings program were non-savers before. It's a win-win for real, and I wish we could do more of these. I'd start one myself, but just like everything, ugh, it's so much work. Josh, I'm going to give you a little help with the Spanish, okay? So check it out. You really want to learn Spanish? Stop watching American television. Stop listening to American music. And start listening only to Spanish music and watching Spanish television. And also build conversations from your basics of what you know now to with finding people that speak Spanish all the time. 
you know, the only way that it, it retains is if you have to use. So if you took three years of Spanish and didn't learn a lick, it's because you never had to use it or implement it. So I would suggest start getting social with people who speak Spanish. Maybe even take up salsa dancing. That's something that I got into. Salsa um, is my second language. I mean, Spanish is my second language. And salsa dancing definitely helps me learn the language better. Anyway, so have a great one, Josh. Well, I want to make salsa my second language. Let's get on this right away. I like salsa music because it's all business up top. Everything else is in the hips, right? So I've, I've been to a salsa dance or two, and gosh, these people, they can hold a full martini out on the dance floor, and it's not spilling at all, yet down below it's ta 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 what is that? Oh, watch out on the dance floor. You know, one of my favorite songs is not salsa. It's uh, that electronic funk. I really like music from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. And uh, it's no parking, baby. Uh, what? No parking on the dance floor. Mm. And with that, Wednesday is almost done. Everybody, thank you so much for coming in, joshing around with me today. I'm going to totally immerse myself in my favorite language, the language of happiness at Walt Disney World. I have some rider swap tickets that expire tonight, reservations at the Be Our Guest restaurant. I'm going to see the Enchanted Rose, meet the Beast, but don't worry, I'll see you tomorrow. Catch me on a teacup until then when we all start joshing around.